This morning we're talking about being fruitful and multiplying or bearing fruit for God. Please turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1. Uh, that's the first book in your Bible, by the way, and you could uh, probably turn to uh, page 1 or 2 or 3 or whatever, and right there at the beginning, Genesis. And uh, we're going to be looking at verses one, chapter 1, verses 26 through 28 first. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let, us, let them have dominion. Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. I uh, came across an article, and... It said that two cats can turn into 40,000 cats in seven years. And I thought, what? 40,000 cats in seven years? So I looked up the bunny rabbit. Let me share some interesting things about the bunny rabbit. A single female rabbit can have one to 14 babies per litter. Let's just take six for our calculation purposes. And half of those, three, let's say are female who are able to reproduce again. So two bunnies can do a whole lot of reproducing in seven years. Rabbit gestation lasts about one month, 28 to 31 days. And because they are induced ovulators, mother rabbits can be impregnated again within minutes of giving birth. This means that mama could hypothetically have one litter per month. If our starter bunny begins reproducing at six months of age, again, not an unreasonable estimate, so, you know, you have... The bunny waits six months, grows six months, and has babies. For seven years, then by the end of the first year, we have the mother rabbit times three female babies times 12 months or 36 female babies, just females, not males. Plus original, that's total 37. So let's add the new babies to the reproductive population beginning the following year. At that point, their average age would be about six months, the time of their first litter. This works if you consider this to be averaging of the new female's reproductive output. If, starting at the beginning of the year two, each of the year one female rabbit produces an average of three female offspring per month, then by the end of year two, you have 1,332 female At the end of year three, there are 50,653 female bunnies. We've already blown away the cats. The end of year four, 1.8 million female bunnies. At the end of year five, 69.2 million female bunnies. At the end of year six, 2.5 billion female bunnies. At the end of year seven, 94.8 billion bunnies. If you add them, if you throw the males back into the mix, at the end of seven years, there are 184.5 billion bunnies. The moral of the story, it's a good thing that there are animals out there who eat bunnies. (laughs) That's a whole lot of bunnies. Now, we're talking about God's plan for the family today. (laughs) And uh, what we've covered so far is, uh, first of all, we've we've covered marriage, marriage and relationships. Um, The man... Uh, to leave and to leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife. They start a family. The two will become one flesh. 
And today we want to look at this idea of being fruitful and multiplying. Now, it's, it's quite amazing. As I was preparing for this message and considering the days of creation and thinking about what God had done. So this is what God did. On day one, he made the light. So, you know, light everywhere. It divided the, the light from the darkness. You know, you have just light everywhere. On day two, he makes this firmament. So there's this waters, apparently, and he takes this firmament, which I believe to be outer space and you know, our atmosphere and all that, and he just, just swipes it right through the middle of all of the waters, all the huge, the whole waters of the universe, dividing. Then he gathers all of the waters underneath this firmament, and he makes the seas on the entire of, uh, earth. And he allows all the land to appear. So all of this is happening in its entirety, um, all at once. And then on the third day, he commands the earth. So this is like the dust of the ground. He commands the earth to bring forth all of the plant life. And this happens all over all of the earth. And then he puts the stars in the firmament. So, whoosh, you know, I'm just waving my arm, but God just speaks. And, you know, the, the universe, the, the outer space is just filled with the stars on day four. And then on the next day, day five, he creates the birds from the air and the water, and he creates the fish, and he fills the oceans with fish, and he fills the sky with the birds. And then on the, on the sixth day, he creates the animal life. And again, from the dust of the earth, he creates all of the animals. And it wasn't just one animal because they, uh, Adam has to name all of the animals. So he just, from all of the dust of the ground across all of the earth, he just raises up these animals. And then he turns and he makes only one man and only one woman. On all the other days, he's making all of these things. He's filling the entire universe. He's filling the entire earth. And then he makes one man and one woman. And instead of filling the earth with them, he tells them, be fruitful and multiply. The one man and the one woman. And so he takes his power, God does, if you will. He makes man in his image, and then he tells that man, do like I have done. I have made all of this and multiplied it. Now I want you to do the same thing. Be fruitful and to multiply. And so he makes man in his image, and he, he gives Man, the ability to create in a sense, of course, not from nothing like God. We can't create like God does. But yet there's this amazing process that he has put within the creation uh, and within mankind, the ability to come together, the two to come together and to produce a child and more than one child. And so we have this be fruitful and multiply, this command, be fruitful and multiply. Now, there are several things Several reasons why he gives this command. Going back to verse 6, and this is, this is our first point here this morning. Be fruitful and multiply. Verse 26, 26, he says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And here it is. Let them have dominion over the earth, over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So he made mankind to have dominion. Now, the word dominion here means to rule, to dominate, to subdue, to control, to manage, and lead. And mankind is unique on the surface of the earth over all of the, the rest of creation. No other created 
creature is like mankind is. He has turned this world, he has turned it over to us to have dominion over the entire earth. Now, this, was, this point was kind of uh, reinforced to me. We had moved up from North Carolina, and we live in Ch- Charlestown, by the way, and we moved into the, uh, to our house, and my boys, I don't know, they were 12 or 12 and 10 and, and 8 and 7. I don't know what they were. Anyway, there was four of them there. <laughs> and then there's Sophia coming along behind. <laughs> so we're out in the backyard, and we're doing the yard work. And I, re- and I received a call, and, and I'm looking out in the backyard, and so I have one of my kids mowing the lawn, and one of my kids is doing the weed whacking, and one of my kids is doing, you know, they're all like spread out throughout my whole backyard, doing all different jobs. And I look out, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm amazed. It's like my, spra- my strength is spread out here through my kids in the backyard doing all the jobs that had to be done. And, and this point of multiplying and Dominating the earth just kind of um, hit home. It was just a, an important, uh, important moment there in this idea of the expanding or the spreading out of my strength through my children and then, of course, through their children. And that happened, that's going on even today. I mean, several of my kids are here in this church ministering with us. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, as a parent, that's wonderful to me. And I've got another son in New Hampshire who's a minister in a church, and I've got one in Minneapolis who's studying to be in the ministry, and I've got one in uh, Berkeley, Beckley, Beckley, down yonder in the other part of the side of West Virginia, again, studying for the ministry. And, and I just think and I'm amazed that God is so graciously allowing that to happen in my family for the spreading of the work and the advancement of the kingdom of God. All right, So to be fruitful and to multiply and to dominate the earth... That is what we are called to as Christians. So he continues in verse 27 and 28. It says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and, and the same word as in verse 26, subdue or dominate it, have dominion over it. Over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And so that's what God has called us to do as Christians especially, but as people of the world. And of course, sin has broken a whole lot of stuff. But He has called us to be fruitful, to multiply, to fill the earth, and to subdue it. I remember when I... Uh, when I first came to the church here, we didn't have this building. We were just meeting in the fellowship room. There was like 20 people. And, and uh, I was probably one of, among the youngest of the people in the congregation at that point. And uh, it was kind of interesting, you know, and, and that's just how the Lord led and how, what he uh, established. But I look out today and I'm just amazed that I'm now one of the oldest, <laughs> among the oldest, let me say that. I'm right in the middle. How about, that sounds better to me. I'm just kind of right in the middle because there's all of these young families and children in the, in the church. And what a, what a wonderful thing it is to behold that. And that's kind of the idea. You know, we, 
we uh, establish our families, we have our children, and we pass our strength on to them, and we get older, and they, you know, they receive the strength, and they go out, and they do the work, and they have their children, and, and the, the work continues, and it spreads, and it multiplies through the earth. And so we look at that and we see what God has done. This is kind of an interesting verse, Psalm 115, verses 15 and 16. It says, May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. So he made the earth for us to live here, to be fruitful, to multiply, and to have dominion over it. And I, I think we can see that, I mean, given the time that we live in, we look at the earth and the billions of people that now live in the earth. The sad thing is that while people have continued to multiply on the face of the earth, the faith of, of, uh, in God has not. And there's always just a few who believe and the rest do not. And like I uh, mentioned a minute ago, sin breaks everything. And so here we are as Christians then, we have to take up the mantle of the purpose of God that he instituted when he created. We are to establish our relationships, we are to have children, and we are to fill the earth. So, it comes to us as believers, if we're trying to model or to pattern or to keep up what God has instituted, if we keep up his big plan for the world and for the family, then that falls upon us, all of us, to be married and to have children, to raise those children, to keep raising the children, and to bless the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren, passing on the legacy that he has given to us. Here are some verses, if you've been a Christian for any amount of time and uh, been in uh, circles where uh, having children is, is kind of taught, Psalm 127 verse 3 says, Children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. And then another verse, Psalm 128 verses 3 and 4. says, Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house. Your children like olive plants all around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. So if you are having children, I'm speaking more to the younger families here, and uh, people start to look at you with funny looks when you're on your third or fourth or fifth child. Uh, don't, let that, don't let that stop you. Because um, our, cultures, our culture's view on having children is far different than what God says. There was this uh, famous uh, show, it was years ago, and it was based on a book who, that I believe was written by a Christian. And, and in the opening segment introducing the show, she says... She's supposed to be a missionary going out to the hill country in order to, I mean, do what missionaries do. She's going to be a teacher. She says, I want my life to count more than staying home and having babies. And, and that is supposed to come from the Christian perspective or the Christian worldview, but it couldn't be any further from it. There is something in our culture that is... Uh, turning away from the idea of building the home and having children. Now, you say, Pastor, I tried to have kids. I tried, but I married that, that person, and it just ended in disaster. Or you might say, Pastor, raising kids is hard. 
Or you might say, Pastor, I tried to have kids, but I had monsters instead. And they had more monsters. And I understand that. It's just broken. And the way it's broken for you is different than the way it's been broken for me. But that doesn't mean that it's been any easier or harder for one or the other of us necessarily. The whole process is broken. And this is kind of what we've been, we've been looking at. The whole process is broken. We have trouble because of sin at every step of the way. We have, we have trouble having the proper view of ourselves. Which, by the way, is really important. Because we are to love others like we love ourselves, right? Love your neighbor as yourself, kind of thing. And, and we just have the wrong, we don't have a Christian view, the view of what God thinks of us. And so we're discouraged about how we, our appearances are, and we're discouraged about our abilities, and we're discouraged about all kinds of things about ourselves when God says something different about who we are in His sight. So we have trouble there because of sin. And we have trouble making appropriate relationships and keeping appropriate relationships. Sometimes in the teenage years, the teenagers, our teenagers, maybe our kids or whoever, you know, maybe when we were a teenager, we went off and we made relationships with others that we shouldn't have done so. Why? Because of sin. We have trouble making and keeping appropriate relationships. We have trouble finding a mate. Keeping a mate, having children, raising children, establishing our home, passing our faith on to the others, to others. It's all broken. It's all broken. And we all have had and are having troubles. And I and I know that, you know, just considering one another and considering where we're at and the different places in our lives, I know that there is trouble and struggle and difficulty, and it's because of sin. It's all broken. But we have hope. And, and this is one of our main principles here, that Jesus impacts all my relationships. And only in Him will I be able to experience the satisfaction and the fulfillment and the purpose for which He has made me. And so wherever you might be, no matter how broken it has been in the past, you are here right now, today, as a believer in Christ, and He wants you to take the next step in the right direction. And praise the Lord, He forgives us of everything in the past. And His grace is sufficient to help us keep going forward into the future. Just because we messed it up in the past doesn't mean that we should keep on messing it up as we go forward. That's not what He wants. As a matter of fact, He is there with sufficient grace to help us go forward in His name, fulfilling these purposes in the world. And if nothing else, standing up for what is right and true and the godly way of living. I, I love this verse, and this is not unique in its description, but uh, look at what Isaiah 32, 15 says. And, and this is a great hope and a great promise that is given to us. It says, until the Spirit is poured out upon us from on high. And there we can take it to be a reference to our faith in Him, our salvation. Okay, The Spirit of God is poured out upon us. 
the wilderness. Now, if the wilderness, the wilderness stands for all of the mess that has gone in the past of our lives. That is the wilderness. So those are the mistakes, okay? It's all in the wilderness. We look back, we don't see trees, we see a desert. That's all of the mistakes. Wilderness, at God's hand, becomes a fruitful field. And the fruitful field is counted as a forest. In other words, here's the point. He can touch the wilderness of our failures in the past and turn it into a forest in front of us. Isn't that great? That is the hope that we have in Him. That is the, the presence that He gives to us. He says, you come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and take my burden upon you. And when we do that, and we confess our sins, we turn our lives over to Him, He will transform our lives, and He will open it up before us for His glory. So what a, what a great hope and a great promise here. Now, this idea of being fruitful and multiplying is, is when, we, when we look at, at uh, our families. And, and uh, the, the, the next question is, well, okay, so how many kids am I supposed to have? Uh, maybe one, maybe two, maybe five, maybe ten. I don't know how many kids you're supposed to have. Maybe it's just one more. Just one, have one more. Just one more. When uh, Christine and I, we have seven kids, if you don't know. So the first four were bang, 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 bang. And then there was a little bit of time and then another one. And then a little bit more time and then another one. And then a little bit more time and then another one. And that's just because it gets hard, right? It's like, how did you raise so many kids, people ask me. And I always say, it's like, everything after two is a blur. It's just, it's just a fog. It's like, I don't even remember what happened. It just happened. But uh, like I said, we're all in different stages and different places in our lives. Some of us aren't at the relationship stage. Some of us are at the grandparent stage. And all along the way, there's brokenness that we have to deal with. But God gives grace. So let us go forth. But the point is this. As we look at what God calls us to do, it is meant to point us to a spiritual reality or a spiritual truth. So as we are joined to one another in marriage, we are to be joined in our faith to Christ. We are to become one with Him. We are to be saved. And this is where it is applicable to all of us, regardless of where we are in our physical relationships, regardless of what your status is or what has happened in your past, regardless of that, the call of Christ is to look at this idea of the family and let it point you to Jesus. And so the first step here is to have a relationship with Jesus. That is number one. We confess our sins to Him. We praise Him for the blood that was shed on the cross and that He has redeemed us from our sins and has made us His children. We have been adopted into His family. And so we are to be joined with Jesus through faith. We are to build Christian relationships with, the other, with other people around us and that's the, where the church comes in and where our families come in and all of that. We are to build intimate relationships with other people in our lives. And, and here is today's point, we are to bear Christian fruit in this life. So, this whole idea of the family points us to our relationship to Christ and the importance of living and bearing fruit in this world for God. 
And that's our next point. Bear fruit for God. It's pretty simple. Bear fruit for God. Notice this passage here from Romans chapter 7. And this is one that we looked at last week. It says Romans, this is Romans chapter 7. Notice what it says. Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another. So there's the idea of being married. And who are we to be married to? To him who who was raised from the dead. You see that? And so marriage on this earth is pointing us to the marriage relationship that we are to have with Jesus and that we should bear fruit to God. So we have this relationship to Jesus. And again, it has no, where we have come from in our lives is just not connected to this. Well, I shouldn't say it's totally disconnected, but this is available to all of us as we come to him. We are married to Jesus and we are to bear fruit on this earth, regardless of the stage of life that we're at. This is a powerful verse here because it parallels Genesis uh, really closely here at this point. And so we are, as Christians, to join ourselves to Christ and to bear fruit on this earth. Now, when we talk about fruit, what are we talking about? Well, we're talking about the attitudes that we're supposed to have in our heart that are reflective of Him. And we're talking about the good deeds that we do in our bodies. Those are the fruit. How I'm thinking and feeling and what I'm believing on the inside and the choices that I make and the way that I live on the outside. You will often hear me pray, um, when I'm praying for us, I'll pray that we are to uh, help, that, that He would help every word that we speak and every action that we do be, bring glory to Him, right? So, whatever we speak, whatever we're thinking, whatever we're feeling, whatever we're doing, all of that, if it is godly and Christian, it is bearing fruit to God. And that fruit that we bear, the words that we say and the actions that we do, is that fruit is partaken by others that are around us. So I speak a good word in Christ and you benefit from it, right? Because you hear it and hopefully it's an encouragement to you. I act for Christ and you benefit from that. So it's like taking that fruit and uh, taking a bite of it, right? You partake of the fruit of my life, I partake of the fruit of your life, and we build each other up in that way. By the way that we're thinking, by the way that we're feeling, by the way that we're speaking, by the way that we're acting. We bear fruit to God. And so the whole New Testament, the whole Bible, is an encouragement for us to live Christian lives, to live after Christ. We are Christian. And so let us speak like Christians, let us act like Christians, let us uh, shine the light of our faith in this world in which we live and to the people that he put in our path. And so we are to bear good fruit. We are to bear good fruit. If we're to bear fruit for God, we are to bear good fruit. And this speaks to what kind of tree we are. So Luke chapter 6, verses 43 through 45 say, for a good tree, now the good tree represents, you know, what kind of tree we are. So what kind of tree are you? Are you a good tree or are you a Christian? Do you believe? Or are you a bad tree? You're not a Christian. You don't believe. A good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. 
a good man out of the good treasure of his heart, and there's what's going on on the inside, that matters, brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So, good tree, you good trees out there, the words that you speak matter, the thoughts that you think matter, and the actions that you do matter. And so let us think and speak and act in a way that reflects our faith in Jesus. Are you Christian? Do you call yourself a Christian? Then let your thoughts and your words and your actions reflect the good tree that you are. Good trees bear good fruit. Bear a lot of fruit. Bear a lot of fruit. That is our next point. Don't be skimpy on the fruit that you produce. I remember when we were growing up in Fort Lauderdale and uh, we had my dad or my mom or both of them, I don't know, they planted this orange tree in the backyard. It never got higher than this and it produced maybe one or two green oranges that never turned orange. I don't know why, and I don't know how that happened, but that's, that was the, that orange tree. I remember that. On the other hand, my mom, she planted bananas down on the other side, and those bananas, bananas are like big weeds that produce good fruit, you know? It's, and it just, you know, they just, we had to keep cutting them down. Even I was talking to my dad yesterday, and they have more bananas in their other house now, and they're just cutting them back, cutting them back, cutting them back, because they're just growing like crazy. Christina and I, when we were first married, we lived in, uh, again, we're in South Florida, but we were renting this place and had a large backyard and it had an orange tree, a tangerine tree, an avocado tree, a mango tree. There might have been one more. Tangerine tree, tangerine, oranges, avocados, mangoes. I forgot all of them. There was like a bunch of trees. There was so much fruit produced from those trees. It would, it would fall on the ground. It would be like a carpet of the fruit around the tree. And it got pretty bad because they would all rot. I mean, we couldn't, I could only eat one. Even if I ate five a day, there was so much fruit, it was just, it was just unmanageable. We had people coming off of the street. It was behind the house. They'd come off the street and they'd go cut through our yard to the back, backyard and help themselves to the mangoes, which is a great fruit. You know, mangoes one of my favorite fruits, but uh, they'd help themselves to the mangoes especially. Abundant an abundance of fruit. God wants us to bear a lot of fruit. Matthew chapter 13, 23. He who received on the good ground, this is the parable of the sower and the seed, is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirtyfold. Produce a lot of fruit. Think good thoughts, speak good words, and do good things. That reflect your faith in Christ. And let that be an abundance in your life. In John chapter 15 verse 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. That's He's choosing us. That you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain. And that whatever you ask the Father in my name, He may give it to you. Here's, a, here's a, something that's really important, I think. And that is when we engage with somebody else, do they leave blessed by what we have said? 
and by what we have thought and by what we have done? Are they blessed to have been in our presence? I hope the answer is yes. Let us be a blessing to all those who we come in contact with. John chapter 15, if you turn to John chapter 15, we see the work of Christ in our lives. He is is working and he's using this uh, idea of the vine in order to convey what he does to us in order to help us to produce fruit. So verses 1 through 5, this is uh, John 15 verse 1, says, I am the true vine, that's Jesus. And my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch, that's us, the branches and the fruit. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may be more fruit, that it might bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I spoke to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So Christ is the one who enables us. We are in him. He prunes us so that we bear a lot of fruit. A lot of fruit. People should not be just a little blessed. They should be a lot blessed. And all of us have some work to do to bear more fruit. Verses 8 and 9, if you jump down, it says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, for so you will be my disciples. And the Father loved me, I also have loved you, abide in my love. Now I know life is hard, and uh, like I said, you know, sin has broken everything. Every step along the way has been broken by sin. But Christ has overcome sin, and if we yield ourselves to him, he will begin this work in our lives and our lives will display an abundance of fruit. And remember, regardless of what has gone on in the past, go forward in Christ and bear a lot of fruit. And then bear the fruit of the Spirit. This is our last point this morning, Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Here is the verse. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit, and, and this is why I talk about the, in, the fruit of, of what's going on inside of us, the way that we're thinking and feeling. That matters. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. Anytime I do an unkind action or speak an unkind word, I am not being filled with the Spirit. Every time I am down in the dumps and do not have joy in my heart, I am not filled with the Spirit. Anytime I am in turmoil and there is no peace inside, I am not filled with the Spirit. But anytime I exhibit these things, I put myself aside and I yield myself to the Spirit of God. And the fruit of the Spirit is full in our lives. Let the lack of these things be indicators to you and motivators to us to yield ourselves to the Spirit so that we can show these things. And let the fruit of the Spirit be abundant in our lives and let it be a blessing to all that are around us. So here are our points for today. Be fruitful and multiply. Bear fruit to God. Bring forth good fruit. Bring forth a lot of fruit. And bring forth the fruit of the Spirit. If you're here this morning, Ben, you can come on up. If you're here this morning and you have work to do in your life, 
some pruning that needs to take place, some adjusting that needs to take place in order that you might produce a whole lot of fruit for Jesus, this is the time to take care of it. And of course, it starts with your relationship to Him. Do you have a relationship with Jesus this morning? Have you been adopted into His family? Has He forgiven you of your sins? That's the place to start. And then, of course, for the rest of us that have done that, let us humble ourselves before Him, confess our sins, and let us bear fruit unto God in our lives. Let's stand as we sing our final song of worship this morning.